Seeking for the help of the Lord, I direct your prayerful attention to Deuteronomy chapter 4 and reading for our text verse 20 uh, is only part of that verse that is upon my spirit. We read the whole verse first. But the Lord hath taken you and brought you forth out of the iron furnace, even out of Egypt, to be unto him a people of inheritance, as ye are this day. And the word upon my spirit is the description the Lord gives of them, a people of inheritance. To be unto him a people of inheritance. (coughs) Now, of course, we know that an inheritance is that which comes to us when someone dies. When we think of an inheritance as regards the people of God, as regards really all that are upon earth, we all inherit through Adam our sin and death, and the condemnation that we are born under. These scriptures are clear that as in Adam, all die. But then there is an inheritance in Christ, which is life from the dead. And this specifically is mentioned in our text, that these people, the children of Israel, were brought out of Egypt, whether it was through the Passover, through the shedding of the Passover lamb, they were redeemed and brought out of Egypt through the death, symbolically, of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, the Passover lamb. And so, when we think of that just a brief thought of inheritance and what comes to a people in that way, And the word before us, a people of inheritance. I want to look at two main points. Firstly, under that heading, a people of inheritance and how God's people are described in this way. And then secondly, just a people as described in the word. Our text says, a people of inheritance. So firstly a people of inheritance and then a people. We know that throughout the world that there are many peoples, there are many nations and specifically in the scriptures we are told of those nations that came from individuals, the same as what Israel came out of Jacob, who was surnamed Israel. And each nation, they are a different people, (coughs) a different uh, nationality, those that are known as a people. Well, God's people are in the midst of all of the nations of the earth and are a distinct people and described here a people of inheritance. The first way that they are a people of inheritance 
is the same in common with everyone upon the face of this earth. We all inherit from Adam through the fall the sentence of death within ourselves. All of us must die. There is no man that liveth that shall not see death. And though, of course, at the last day there shall be those that instead of dying they shall be taken up and changed as was Enoch and Elijah. But God's people are not any different in that respect. They are under the same condemnation as all that come into this world. But then they are called God's inheritance. The God of heaven and earth hath made a people that he hath chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world to be actually his inheritance. This is set forth in uh, several places. We think of Exodus 34 and verse 9, and Moses is bowing before the Lord, and he said, If now I have found grace in thy sight, O Lord, let my Lord, I pray thee, go among us, for it is a stiff-necked people, and pardon our iniquity and our sin, and take us for thine inheritance. And in our text we read, But the Lord hath taken you, and brought you forth out of the iron furnace, even out of Egypt, to be unto him a people of inheritance as ye are this day. The children of Israel, a typical people, were brought as an inheritance of the Lord. And God's spiritual people, they also are given him as his inheritance, is in his people. Through our Lord's death, and we may say later, through their own spiritual being slain, they are brought to be his inheritance. What the Lord has been given following his death and resurrection, you might say as, as a prize, as a, as a purchased possession, is a people, is the people that he has bought. The apostle says that we are bought with a price and that we are to glorify God in the body and in our spirit which are his. So a people of inheritance, uh, also God's inheritance, but God is their inheritance as well as the Levites were. The Levites were not given an inheritance amongst the children of Israel. They had no land to call their own. They lived off the sacrifices and the gifts of the other tribes and they were unto the Lord. And again, it's a type of God's people as being the Levites of the Lord. That God is their inheritance. We are told this is not your rest, it is polluted. That that which the Lord has done and accomplished at Calvary, that from that he shall give them eternal life and he shall give them himself 
he shall give them that blessing that is better than anything of this world. Come ye out from among them, touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And ye shall be my sons and my daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. And it's a great privilege and great blessing that that should be so. Man that was born blind, the Jews, they cast him out. But the Lord then came and found him and took him up. Then we have those that go through death and rising like the Apostle Paul said that when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. It is through death and that they are given the inheritance through the Lord Jesus Christ. It is through a life from the dead. One of the hymns speaks of it, their life they receive from the dead. It's a strange path that God's children have to walk, but that which accords to an inheritance that comes through death is the life of God. Paul says, when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. But that which was ordained unto life, he found to be unto death. But then later he says, the law is a schoolmaster unto Christ. So in that sense, it is a people of inheritance, receiving it from the dead. All have been brought in that way from death unto life through our Lord Jesus Christ. It also is a people that shall inherit heaven. They are the ones that shall be brought to what again is typified in Canaan. The children of Israel brought out of Egypt and brought into Canaan and God's spiritual Israel they shall enter into heaven. And it is the Lord who has gone before and who has said, Father, I will that they whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory. And really every blessing that comes to the people of God comes through the death and rising again of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. They are gifts, they are not earned. They come through his death and life and they come to them, making them a people that is very aptly described as a people of inheritance. wonder how much we accord or can assimilate with that description of the people of God. In Adam, do we know really, because only the people of God know really that they are sinners, even when they are called. In fact, when they are called, then they know the workings of their own sinful and evil heart. And they know what it is that they have inherited through Adam and that they in Adam are partakers of the fall and sin the same as all, and are under condemnation. But to walk in the 
passage of Paul to the Romans in Romans 8 and to then know that there is no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit risen again in newness of life given that which the Lord has to give to his people as a gift because of his death and rising again. Now every one of God's dear children that partake of the benefits that Christ has purchased at Calvary will know that that is where those gifts come from. They will know that those blessings that they have, they come from the Lord Jesus Christ. How will they know? Because it is the Holy Spirit that bears witness and he shall receive the things of Jesus and show them unto us. And he shall never forget to tell that those blessings they have are because Christ has died. Now those that have parents or grandparents that die maybe may be given things in their will and inheritance and they're very aware and they're mindful these are things they didn't earn. They didn't receive by wages. But it's a gift. It was given them freely. And it's a gift because a loved one, one that had a relationship to them, one that loved them, one that cared for them, has left for them. And the benefit is theirs. So in a natural sense, we trace it back to where that inheritance come from. In a spiritual sense, we trace it back to our Lord Jesus Christ, a people scattered throughout all the face of the earth, a people that are the people of God, that they are described here as a people of inheritance. So may we realise that we are that people, that those blessings that we have or those things that we have experienced and gone through, answer to this description, a people of inheritance. Then secondly, I want to look at a people as described in the Word of God. Firstly, in the book of Psalms, and a beautiful psalm, Psalm 22, which begins with the well-known words of our Lord upon the cross, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But it ends in a word concerning the people of God. And the last verse reads, They shall come and shall declare his righteousness unto a people that shall be born, that he had done this. When the first promise was given to Adam, or spoken in his hearing of the seed of the woman that should bruise the serpent's head, there's that expectation, not only that there should be the Saviour, the Redeemer, but that man should multiply, that men and women should be born on this earth. And really every one of God's people that are chosen in Christ from the foundation of the world 
in his time and way and in the place he has appointed will be born upon this earth. And they must be born first before they can be born again. And in the words of the psalmist here, David, as one that knew that the Lord would raise up a son that should sit upon his throne, an everlasting throne, that called him Lord, he says that they shall come and shall declare his righteousness unto a people that shall be born. It's a wonderful thing. From generation to generation, there are children born, and then they have children of their own. And as they are born into this world, is a people that shall be born. They must be born. They are appointed the time of their birth, and parents' native place and times, says the hymn writer, all appointed were by him. But this people shall be born again of the Spirit, and is noteworthy to think of a psalm like this that begins with the death of our Lord Jesus Christ and ends with the people that he has redeemed that shall yet be born and shall yet, yet know that redeeming love. A people then that shall be born. So that is another mark of this people of God, not only born naturally, but they shall be born again. Our Lord in John 3 was insistent upon this. He must be born again. A people that shall be born. Irresistible grace, the work of God's Spirit, the quickening, the inheritance that they have, the will of the Lord Jesus Christ, that those for whom he suffered, bled and died for should know that. They should be brought from death to life. They should be born again. But then it is a people that is formed. In Isaiah we read, This people have I formed for myself, they shall show forth my praise. When the Lord quickens a people, makes them alive, and he gives them a hearing ear, and he teaches them, he makes them teachable, and he forms them and fashions them, and he makes them like the potter does the clay exactly what he'd have them to be, forming them after his image and to be to his honour and glory. This people have I formed for myself. We said under the heading of inheritance, they were Christ's inheritance. And so they are, and he forms them because they are his to be what he'd have them to be. We have in... Ephesians 5, of our Lord preparing his church as his bride, that he, they might be sanctified, that they might be washed by the washing of water by the word and made suitable to be with him in heaven. A prepared people for a prepared place. Formed. You must remember, if the Lord is forming you and I, it will be through 
trials and crosses, through his teaching, instructing, through our down-sitting, our uprising, through those things like in Psalm 107 that we are led through by experience of the word of God, by experience of the truth of God. We think of Peter, the beautiful epistles that he wrote. How did he come to write them? You know, he was once very proud. He once said, Though all men forsake thee, yet will not I. But he had to go into Satan's sieve, and the Lord prayed for him that his faith fail not. He comes out the other side. When thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren, or when thou art restored. And in that path that he walked through, he was formed to be useful to the Lord. And the Lord knows how to prepare all of his people in that way. But then we have a people that is willing in the day of the Lord's power. In Psalm 110, thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. By nature we're not willing, we're unwilling. Unwilling to walk in his ways, unwilling to do his bidding. But the Lord is able to change the heart, renew the will, and turn the feet to Zion's hill. So now the mark of this people that is described here, people of inheritance, but a people that once were not willing, but now are willing, and once did not walk in the ways of the Lord, but now are walking in the ways of the Lord is also a peculiar people. Peter speaks of this, what the Lord has redeemed unto himself, a peculiar people or a redeemed people. And he says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, you are chosen generation, a royal priesthood and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvellous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. And all the time is mentioned this people of the Lord, what they once were, and now what they are, and how they are described, and how they are set apart from the world and the things of it. And instead of being, say, well, for instance, this is a people, say, of England or Great Britain, and they live in this part of the world and on this island, and they have uh, Charles III as king, and identify a people that way, what is set before us here is a people in every nation and kindred and tongue that are hidden, as it were, scattered through, and yet they are identified as a people in the description of the word of God. And so though they can't be identified as what land they live in, or what natural king is over them, or what language they speak, they are identified in the word of God as a distinct people 
are people that are part of Christ's kingdom, are people that are Christ's and they are his, and are people that shall at last, instead of being scattered throughout all the world, shall be brought together in innumerable multitude in heaven, the people of God. And it behoves us to really search our hearts and see whether we have the mark of the people of God, a people, people that are described in the word of God. Sometimes it is even the wicked that describe and speak of what the people of God are. One of the things that Haman said to King Ahasuerus as a cause, a reason, why the people of the Jews that were scattered through all the nations of the earth at that time should be destroyed was that their laws were diverse from all other laws. He really sought to blacken them, but in one sense he said the truth, because though God's people are not rebels, they don't rise against the laws of the land unless they contravene the laws of God, as was the case there, which Mordecai felt was the case. But it is true that God gives his people his law, his word, his holy word, his commandments. And the Lord said, I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them. When the word is truly known what it says, the world does not like it. And I felt it was very telling in the, and I may have mentioned this before, but the last newsletter that came from Mombasa Mission, that those that were ready to receive a Bible, and they were happy to have it, until then they learned the language and was able to read the Bible, and then they, many of them didn't want it anymore. And we believe there are those who have taken the Bibles locally here. They had to have a Bible, nice book, and they've heard about the Bible, interested in it, and then start to read it and read what it says and says about sin and says about themselves, says about uh, heaven and hell, and then they don't want that book anymore. They won't read it anymore. Hymn writer says, Nor are men willing to have the truth told. The sight is too killing for pride to behold. And many, many in the open professions in the churches, they make statements that are totally contrary to the word of God. They live totally contrary to it. And in one sense they completely ignore it and walk in a way that does not bear any resemblance to the word of God. But Haman, he had rightly noticed or identified the Jews as a people that did live according to the word of God and walked according to it. And so the persecution arose on that way. But may we be a people that is known in this way that we have regard to the law of the Lord our God and that thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. By nature it is not so, but it's a mercy to be made willing and to walk in the Lord's ways. We think then of the description that was given and God gave it to Balaam. Balak 
uh, was the king over Moab at the time the children of Israel came and camped on his borders before they went into the promised land. And he was fearful of them, they were a large people. And so he sent to Balaam, the son of Bosor, the soothsayer, that he would come and curse the people. But God said that he was not to curse them, for they were a blessed people. And in spite of all the endeavours of the king, and even of Balaam himself, to curse the people, God turned that curse into a blessing, and he decreed that they be blessed. And really the whole gospel, it centres on this blessed thing, turning the curse into a blessing. The curse that was given to Adam, the curse on this world, on the land itself, the whole gospel, what the Lord Jesus Christ has done, is to turn that into a blessing. We think of the sufferings and death of our Lord Jesus Christ himself. Sin entered into the world and death by sin, and he willingly, freely went into death and all the sufferings that he endured. And yet through those sufferings and through that death and through enduring the curse comes the greatest blessing that can ever be given, the blessing of eternal life and the blessing of a deliverance of this people from the curse and from condemnation. It is then beautifully typified as to what the Lord said of his people at that point, that they were blessed and no one, no one was to curse them. The Lord wouldn't change that. Was the children of Israel a perfect people? No, they were not. How much they sinned, how much they provoked the Lord. But the Lord said, no, as a people, they were a blessed people. And so we're told in Samuel that they are described as the people of the Lord. When David was dancing before the Lord, when they brought up the ark, and Michael, his wife, Saul's daughter, despised him in her heart and then spoke to him afterwards. But David says it was unto the Lord, because the Lord saw fit to make him king over the people of the Lord. And that is how David described the children of Israel. And that is how they are described in several places in the word. And that is how God's children, God's spiritual children, are described. They are the people of the Lord. They are what the Lord has made them. And the Lord to them is precious. And they shall be with the Lord for ever and ever. And so this word, the Lord hath taken you, brought you forth out of the iron furnace, even out of Egypt, to be unto him a people of inheritance, as ye are this day. Blessed thing, if this evening we could add that and say, yes, as at this day, the Lord has blessed us, the Lord has done this. He's brought me out of this world from its clutches, from its servitude, and brought me to be 
part of his inheritance, a people of inheritance. And that is as it is today. And if it is not, may it be a concern for us that the Lord by his grace will bring us to be his people, that he will quicken us into life, that he will make us willing, that he will form us a people for his praise, that we will be a people that regard his laws and his ways, that we will be a people that are not ashamed to call the Lord our God and who he is not ashamed to call us his people. Unto him a people of inheritance. May the Lord grant us this blessing. Amen.